in Denny, Mika, Cooter, Patchy, and though sometimes the mobile's scratchy, they ring to talk to Macca. Morning, Macca. My name's Amy. I'm a born and bred South Aussie, but I'm calling from a very overcast Auckland in lockdown. There you go, Amy. And how long have you been there? Almost four months now. We moved over at the start of the year. Um, I got a job at the university as a research fellow. So I'm a chemist. I've just finished my PhD, um, but we're working on looking at developing new antibiotics. So we're looking at uh, particular chemicals that we can isolate from natural sources, so bacteria or plants, and then trying to work out how to make them to work out if we can use them. Um, antibiotic application. Nature's a lot more creative than we can be a lot of the time. I'll say. So Amy, you're in lockdown in Auckland. We thought the same thing four weeks ago. We didn't have any here and then you get one case and now we have 700 and something. So enjoy it while you can, I suppose. (laughs) There's no point wondering what if it's here now. So we may as well make the best out of it and do the best we can. I think if nothing else, um, it's been a good exercise in science literacy for the whole population and um, learning to listen to our medical professionals and trust those people who have had 10, 20, 30 years of experience in this area. There's no point us making up a reason. We may as well listen to their expertise. There's milkmaids singing below Mount Warning. It's just another Sunday morning. The surfers say it's wicked, sick, it's filthy. Launcestonians and Hobartians and who's to say there isn't Martians beaming up Australia on Sunday mornings? It starts my week, Macca, on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Sorry, I got the giggles this morning. Good morning and w- <clears throat> welcome to the program. Got the frogs as well. Um... On the program this morning, um, we've already had some lovely calls like uh, Charlie McMahon rang. He plays the didge and he also plays the digibone. His band's called um, Gondwanaland and he played the digibone. Oh, look, Kill, look. Interesting. Kill's just bringing me some emails and that's um, that's, that's for you, Kill. And thanks for the tea, Kill. Thank your mother for the rabbits, by the way. Um, yes, Charlie rang this morning. He plays a digibone, which is like two tubes of um, PVC piping, and they're inside one another, so a bit like a trombone. And Charlie's got one arm, only one arm, and he uses a hook on the other one, and he just he can extend it so he can play his... He can get a, a, a like a horn note, like a bone, trombone, and he can also play in different keys, like... You shorten or extend it, and you can get you know E flat or F or whatever. He can get so, but he played, and you know what he played? He played the French national anthem, "The Longs and de Love." We learnt, I think, I think we learnt that at school with Miss Dargan. I think. Well, I did. I can sort of sing the whole thing, and I'm just trying, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to ameliorate the French feelings. I know how they feel, but uh, Brendan says, Maco. Re's showing too much penitence penitence towards the French government over the cancellation of the submarine build. Let us not forget the terrorist act of the bombing of the Rainbow Warrior in Auckland in 85. The French government initially denied any involvement but eventually had to concede that their secret service was behind it. No one country should dictate to us how we should best defend and service our country and sovereignty. 
especially one on the other side of the world. Well done to Scott Morrison and all involved, says Brendan. Well, Brendan, it's, it's unfortunate. As I said, you know, it's life. All's fair in love and war. You know, your girlfriend will say, or, you know, girl you're keen on at school or uni. Uh, no, thanks. I've found somebody else. Which is, and that's life, isn't it? All's fair in love and war. And it's not war, but you know what I mean. Beverly says, Macker, I'm very sad the French don't like us. We should play that again, that little divorce kill, Matilda. You wonder how it can be fixed, says Beverly. I'm sorry about your power bill. There's two of us and we have ceiling fans and solar panels. Our three-month power bill for April, May and June was about $250. There you go. Macker, talking about stories on gravestones, you like this one, says Laurie from Burton's Lookout. Uh, on the back of Mum's gravestone, on the back... Every time someone asked her for a cake recipe, she said, over my dead body. So they put the cake recipe on the back of the gravestone. Over my dead body. And there it is. It's on the gravestone. So you can get the, if you find, you just have to find, I don't know what mum's name is so and where she's buried. That's what happens. She might be buried in Burton's Lookout, but then again, probably not. Uh, all sorts of calls this morning. Um, and uh, we'd love to talk to you, 1300 700 222, wherever you are. Uh, Margaret, it makes us, you wonder now if NASA really set up in South Australia for the space program. Maybe it's the USA nuclear program. Makes you wonder, says Sean. Sean, I don't think it does. I think, oh God, is Mr Billingsley. It's sad to hear you mispronounce Khan. It should rhyme with your beer comes, with your beer with the thing your beer comes in. There's nothing to do with chilli, says Mr Billingsley. Thanks, Mr Billingsley. Um, read the closure of the banks, says Andrew Banks. That's not true. His name's Banks, Kel. Read the closure of the banks. It's appalling. But I can't recommend uh, this other bank highly enough. Mm. All right. Thanks, Andrew Banks. <laughs> Is that true? His name's Andrew Banks, and he's talking about banks, Kel. Uh, 1300 700 Good day. this is Macca. Yeah, how are you going? It's Rob here from Sydney. G'day, Rob. How are you? Uh, not bad, matey. I actually work delivering cash. Oh, and right. uh, so, yeah. like, my job is all around it, and we're, banks are closing everywhere, as we all know, and they're getting rid of the ATMs. We've been told that in about our jobs, if we're lucky, we'll be out still working in 10 years' time, and they're talking about maybe 10% of the workforce will be there. So there'll be hundreds of people out of jobs very in the next couple of years. Who are the doing banks it? don't like cash. They don't, why don't they like cash? Cost them money. They can do everything online. They, they, yeah, like an ATM got rid of, uh, was it, three bank staff and it ran 24 hours a day. They get rid of, they get rid of all the ATMs. They get rid of, uh, well, most of the ATMs, and then they get rid of all the people, and then they, they, or they've got one bloke pressed a button in the computer centre, saves them a fortune in wages and transport and cash and everything. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was Simon just rang me a minute ago and said he's visually impaired and he can't, he can't use ATMs and he can't, yeah, he can't use his computer. He doesn't, so he relies on going to the bank and getting money out. But um, yeah. Yeah, not if you notice, Mac, if you notice, all the banks are putting up what they call kiosks, where there's only in a shopping centre where they're only employing one person and it's got an ATM there, um, because they get rid of people, it costs them less, and banks are about one thing: profit. That's it. 
Yeah, there are, and then you know, I've when I was a kid, I went to primary school, and when I was at primary school, there was a thing that came out every year called Australia Unlimited, which was a a supplement, I think, in the Sydney Morning Herald, and it was all about what a great country Australia was, and what you know, all the big companies like BHP, etc., etc., the ANZ, etc., etc., the Commonwealth Bank, etc., etc. What a wonderful job these people were doing, and made you proud to be an Australian. Well, when I look at BHP and companies like that and the banks and, and uh, you know, you name it, um, I'm not impressed at all. I, you know, they're a lot of progressive, woke people and they're all interested in money, money, money. They pay their executives huge amounts of money. They're getting more in one year than a, and a, a normal person, as I said last week, like a deliverer, somebody who delivers Australia Post stuff. They're getting more in one year than that bloke would earn in his lifetime. And I don't think that's right. And they don't they don't behave well. You know, it's it's one thing to make run a profitable business. It's another thing to run a super profitable business, which is making money for yeah for people to be paid more and more and more money. Rob, at the top end, at the top end, not the bottom end. Exactly. Yeah. Once upon a time, when you left school, you got a job in a bank. So many people used to have jobs, and that's where you started off. Those but those jobs don't exist anymore now. So where are those people going? You know, like all my mates went to school, that I went to school with, a lot of them ended up working in banks for their first job. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. What's what's what are they going to? The top end is getting richer and richer, and the bottom end is getting going down the sink. They, and no, yeah, the government's got to do something about and, it. And no one wants to address it. Journalists who used to write routinely about executive salaries. All of a sudden, you don't hear about that anymore. I mean, because those journalists who are writing that stories are also getting four, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year for for writing. Who knows? But um, you, you never heard about executive salaries. But I, I don't know if the governments can do anything about it. They don't want to, you know, um, yeah, they don't want to run down that uh, that uh, way. Um, too hard, too hard. But uh, Robbie, yeah, it's all just too hard. Yeah. Um, oh, when you say you deliver money, is that uh, do you find that scary, dangerous? Um, well, it's not like it used to be because nowadays the the thieves are not really thinking about you. They're all going online because they get more money that way. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just had another. This person is scamming me. I don't know where from, but about uh, your park. Your packages are waiting for delivery. Just uh, just uh, log in here and dudley dum. And then it says, if you don't get back to us, there's, I've had about seven. Uh, if you don't get back to us yeah. soon, we're, we're going to send the parcel back. Return to sender, uh, dudley dum. Exactly. Uh, we've reordered. This keeps coming in, coming in, coming in. Yeah. A lot. I don't know. And but, this, the old people get these. These I get them, and, and I, I know not to not to worry about. There's so many of the older people. I hear them coming coming in when I'm working in the bank. They come in. And they're devastated. They're absolutely devastated by these scams that are coming in. They people and I like to go into a bank, even myself, to do my my banking. I use very little card nowadays, no. and they they forget to. Well, a lot of times they they don't tell you that if you do this tap and go, they actually charge you more for it. Yeah, and Banks they just don't want to tell you that. No, and they all and the kids do it all the time. They're always tapping on, but they don't realise mm-hmm. these companies that. They just know all your business. They know what you do, what you buy, all that sort of stuff. Um, That's what it's all about. Yeah, yep. it's uh, yeah. Robbie, uh, hope your job lasts. <laughs> That's what uh, I got ten more years before I retire, and I'm just sort of hanging on by the by the fingertips. Good on you, Rob. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. See love you. love listening to you. Bye. Uh, g'day, this is Macca. Hey, Macca, it's Amanda. I'm calling you from Richmond in Melbourne. 
Oh, that's where the demo was yesterday, Amanda. Oh, well, I live in a really quiet little hollow of Richmond and I was out on my balcony reading my book yesterday before going to work at a major Melbourne hospital, which I'm lucky enough to walk to, and I felt like I was in a war zone. I had no idea what was going on because I hadn't watched the news after my morning meditation and exercise routine. And by the time I left home and walked to work, I'd never seen so many police cars, people without masks, defying, obviously, the demonstrators walking around the streets of Richmond. And then there was about 50 horses and police, mounted police. And I was, it was absolutely incredible. The helicopters, it was really, it was quite unbelievable. I felt like I was in a war zone. A war zone, exactly. Um, and, and scary too, Amanda. Scary. Absolutely, Matter. I mean... Thank goodness that the police, our police force down here is so amazing. They shut down all the public transport, which was brilliant. Otherwise, there would have been thousands of people in the city. And as, as it was, I think they contained it to about 700 people protesting. And people can protest if they, if they like. But, I mean, I'm not a big fan of this particular protest. Exactly. But seriously, I had, I had no idea what was going on with so many helicopters in the sky. And it was, it was absolutely absolutely frightening and as I walked up to work the people in the streets the atmosphere was yeah it was it's quite eerie actually Amanda I don't know where people like this who attack police come from I mean you wouldn't <coughs> you I wouldn't know. think that these sort of people would live in our because Australia you know you've always thought you've grown up to think what a lovely place Australia is a few bad apples but basically and here's hundreds and hundreds attacking police um, Absolutely. I know. It's disgusting. And then, you know, working in a hospital, we see the other side of it as well. I mean, I'm just on reception, and but I work, you know, shifts and things like that. But our nurses and doctors and even all the admin stuff and the kitchen stuff, we're putting up with the people that are calling us are so stressed. And it's just really, it's, it's quite amazing that they will go out and such a small group of people. We are, I mean, everyone I know is compliant every all of my friends are all double vaxxed my family everybody and it's just such a small group of people that are ruining ruining it for everybody yeah i and, just don't understand it i know it's yeah and in your hospital and and hospitals mm. certainly in sydney and melbourne but you know you'd mm. you'd struggle to think what's going to happen in other places that aren't well as well serviced but you know they say you know there's this great push you would think these riders, oh look, look at us. It's like these people say, oh look at us. We're, ba- you know, we're, you know, we're banning plastic bags because aren't we good? We care about the environment. You don't. We care about freedom, mm. but you don't. And of course, that's stupid. Mm. But the the point, the point is that experts say that when we open up after seventy or eighty percent, that there will be a mm. lot more cases. So your hospital will be chock a block with people who are on ICU or just in hospital being looked after with COVID. Um, and these people, they ignore that. They don't care about that, obviously. They don't care about that. Uh, other people, yeah. they're just, uh, I, I wish we had a big jail to put them in. That's what I, you can't behave like that and have a have a decent society. It's one thing to protest. And I, I did, you know, I held up a banner when I was a kid for various causes uh, at uni, mm. but but never attacking police and, and causing disturb, no. disturbance. It's one thing. And that's the thing that's so so upsetting, the horses, the police. What, what our police force all over Australia have to contend with, especially at this time, and, and the frontline workers, you know, the OED departments, the nurses and the doctors, I mean, they are doing the most amazing job exactly. in, such, in, such, in the face of adversity. And it's just so 
cruel that people will just go and behave like this. And they just don't care, Macca. No, I don't. They there, don't care. There was supposed to be one in Sydney yesterday, but um, it they well, knocked, thank God that didn't happen. They knocked it on the head, and it didn't it didn't yeah. eventuate. But um, I, I don't know where these people are coming from. You know, it's one thing to we, you know, as if we don't care, as if we don't all care about freedom and 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 those things. Mm. But uh, there's a time mm. and a place for everything, Amanda. But uh, yeah. Look after yourself. How's things in Richmond? You've got wind and stuff. You're a bit, you've got a bit of a, a front coming through there, haven't you, in Melbourne? We have got a bit of bad weather coming, but it's actually quite pleasant. It's cloudy, uh, but it's actually quite pleasant. There's not a lot of wind at the moment. But, uh, yeah, just um, hanging in here and we're all doing the best we can. And, and uh, routine, I think, is the most important thing in life at the moment, especially for people who are struggling. Yes. Get into a good routine and just, you know, day after day, one day at a time. That's my advice. Good on you, Amanda. Lovely to talk to you. Okay, thanks, Mac. I love your show. Thank you. Bye. G'day. I'm John Payne from Townsville and around Australia on ABC Radio, Radio Australia and the World Wide Web. You're listening to Mac. This is the All Over News. Remember that saying? And you can take that to the bank. Well, unfortunately, as most would know who live in the large cities and suburbs and country towns of Australia, you can't take it to the bank. Not anymore. And between January 2020 and Christmas this year, that's in three months' time, the big four will have closed 350 branches around Australia. ANZ, of course, leads the field with 145 closures, Westpac 80, NAB 72 and Witchbank 53. And this email arrived from David Phelan during the week. He says, Hello Ian, I'm a very committed listener but I've never rung before this morning. This is last Sunday he rang. However, 32 minutes passed quickly so in the meantime here's some light reading. This morning while I was waiting online you played the song about the Bushrangers which would have been an ideal lead-in because the real bushrangers in country towns are the banks. Yarram is a farming town, 70 k's south of Traugan and Sale, and 90 k's from Leongatha in South Gippsland. Our town once had Westpac, NAB, ANZ, CBO and Bendigo. It almost looks as if the banks made a deal amongst themselves because they've all followed the same routine. The weakest one closes and tells clients they can do their banking at the post office. In our case, that was Westpac, then the NAB then ANZ, and they advised clients to transfer to Foster Branch 50 k's away. Then they closed Foster. However, it's now been announced that Foster will only open for half a day, Monday to Friday, in eight weeks' time. How will this help their pensioner clients that have probably been banking there all their lives, many of who cannot use the auto teller machine and go into the branch to draw their money from their accounts over the counter? It's worth noting that the CBA motto is Can Do, and mission statement Our purpose is to improve the financial well-being of our customers and communities. Perhaps they forgot this when they announced the closure. Kind regards, David Phelan. Well, David Phelan's on the line. David Phelan, good morning. Good morning, Maka. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How did you find out that your local branch was closing? By the modern means, by uh, social media. A girl from the local football club went to the bank and was standing in the queue to use the ATM on the Saturday morning. While she was there, she looked in the window and on the door there was a notice saying the branch would be closed on the 12th of November. And she thought, 12th of November? 
And then she read it again and she found that it meant closed permanently on the 12th of November. So she took a photo and sent to the girl that's providing us with a local paper and it became on their Facebook straight away, of course. When I contacted them, they said they'd sent a letter. It took six days. When the letter did appear, it wasn't even signed by anybody. You'd think that if you were the largest turnover account that a branch had had, you'd think they would have paid you the courtesy of a phone call to say, listen, old chap, I'm sorry to tell you, but... The powers of be have decided to close the branch. Well, I suppose you're lucky you've got a local paper. Many areas don't have a local paper now. We are very blessed to have a local paper. Our local paper closed. The girl that was working for the local paper had no employment. She got a job elsewhere, and then finally she decided to put out a newsletter every fortnight. From the newsletter, she was doing part-time work for Darren Chester. She started sending this fortnightly newsletter out, and then a few of us took ads in the paper, and then she decided to go back to a broadsheet. And now we're back to a local paper every fortnight, which we're very pleased to have, and she's done a great job. That's a lovely story. I'm talking to David Phelan. David, so what's the prospects? You're not going to get your bank back and there's no other banks in in Yarram. You have to travel, I suppose. We're very fortunate. We have still got a Bendigo branch there. We used to have all the banks. The thing that worries you most is further down the line in South Gippsland at Currumburra earlier in the year, the Commonwealth left. They were the last ones to leave. And then the Bendigo also left. Now, the Bendigo have reopened in Currumburra under sufferance on a trial basis. But, you know, the ANZ Bank in Yarram, when they closed, they told all their customers to go to Foster Branch, which is 50 kilometres away. And then once they all got there, they closed Foster. I found out the other day, word of mouth in the bush, it travels pretty quick. One of the staff in Yarram was to get a job at Foster, but you know, Foster in eight or ten weeks' time at the CBA there, they're going to only open half days for the week in about eight weeks' time. Now, I also believe by another word of the bush that the CBA at Orbost, it's only going to open for half a day. The writing is probably on the wall there too, that the next thing that they'll be gone the same as... ANZ did in Foster. Macca, it's it's a bit like it's happened in Queensland. It's happened everywhere. You almost think that these banks all put their heads together to do this. If I treated my clients like these bastards have treated us, you know, you wouldn't have them. The stupid part is if you were my client and I found out that you're unhappy, that, you know, your lambs didn't make enough money or, you know, something was wrong with the way we sold your cattle, I'd get off my ass and come and see you and say, listen, McNamara, what the bloody hell have we done wrong? You know, how can we fix it? But not these blokes. David, tell me on another matter, how's life in the bush? You had good seasons down there looking to a good end of year? Macca, we have been blessed. The season's been enormous here in South Gippsland. You know, we had a dry time not so long ago. And now we've had exactly the opposite. We've had a very wet winter. Grass will start to grow eventually. The cattle market's something that we've never, ever seen before in our lives. Cattle are making a premium at the moment as well as lambs. The whole job on the land 
You know, I've been involved in the stock agency business since I was 20, so nearly 50 years. You know, we've never ever seen it as good. The job is very, very strong. Well, at least there's some good news, David. Good luck with your banks. Nice to talk to you this morning. Thank you very much for your call, Maga. Ian Henschke is Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia. Uh, He's on the line. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Maka. Ian, if you believe the big four banks, everyone from 8 to 80 or 9 to 90 is connected. They're online. So what's the need for all this fuss about people losing their bank branches? Well, not everyone is connected uh, to the internet. And look, we've seen data that suggests more than 2 million Australians don't have access to the internet. Uh, if you look at a lot of the people out there at the moment uh, over the age of 70, 75, 80, and we've got a lot of people in that category, they didn't even grow up with computers. Some of them even use envelopes and they say, look, that's the money that I'm going to put aside for food for this week. And they put $20 there to cover their phone bill and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's very common that many people do that. And I think if we ignore those people, it's almost a form of elder abuse because you're neglecting their needs and their needs are that they still like to deal with checkbooks, cash, bank accounts, uh, and that's what, that's what they grew up with and that's what they want. And I, and I think they've got a right to keep that. It seems that uh, COVID's been a godsend, hasn't it? Because this push to close branches and to go to online banking, et cetera, et cetera, has been on for a long time. Along comes COVID. Oh, Oh, everybody's online. Nobody wants to touch money. Nobody wants to go outside. So we've got a perfect excuse now to hasten up the bank closures. And I think 350 in the last two years. That's right. I mean, and when you look at the profits, uh, the banks are still making billions of dollars of profit. One of the big banks the other day, I think, posted $8 billion in profit. I mean, there's, they're very profitable, the banks. Very interestingly, I saw something recently where I think it was in Kingaroy where a group of people had got together and, and sort of re- tried to revive a branch of a bank up there and they got one of the smaller banks to help them. So I think there's going to be a bit of pushback in that area. But the other thing we should remember is that the Australia Post Office is often the place that many older Australians go and uh, not just older Australians, many, many Australians go into and pay their bill. We support the Australia Post concept, which is what they were, they've been working on, which is to actually turn them into, if you affect, effectively, uh, the replacement for some of these banks that have been pulling out of these country towns and also not just country towns, but suburbs. Mm. I mean, in my own suburb, I went out of the shopping centre the other week, the ATM's gone, you know, it's just disappeared. Oh. It's almost as if the world's moving away from cash, but not everybody is doing it. I, you know, I, 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 I repeat that again. I mean, we're talking about probably a couple of million Australians who are not connected to the net. Some of them have a mobile phone. They don't want to do phone banking. They don't trust it. Probably in some cases, they've got a very good reason not to trust it because they might have heard of one of their friends who's been scammed. I have a feeling too that checks will be next. Is that well-founded? That is. I was quite surprised recently when um, there was a a push. This, I think it was actually the governor of the Reserve Bank was talking about the check is on the way out. Now, we can see that they are on the way out in terms of their usage, but the checkbook is still a very important part for many people in their lives. I was saddened to hear that they disappeared in New Zealand. You know, they don't have the choice over there. And look, the other thing, um, Ian, which I think you know, is worth mentioning, is we had a, a bit of a win with the electricity bills. Now, do you remember a couple of years ago, there was an inquiry into electricity prices? And one of the things we said was that all these energy companies were offering discounts if you were online, if you paid online and all of that. So we fought for and won 
a regulated um, price electricity. In other words, a, a basic contract where you can't do that, where you can't just sort of uh, take away the people's rights just simply because they're not online. We, we are moving more and more online, but older Australians, many of them, prefer to actually handle cash and actually pay their bills and still use stamps and still use letters. And if they want to do that, that is their right as a citizen of our society. I mean, last mm. time I looked, the money says it's on it. This is legal tender. You know, money is still legal tender. Ian, quickly, a couple of things from National Seniors. You're, you're in touch with everything. Vaccines, firstly. Well, look, the vaccine story is very interesting because the latest data that's come out has shown when you look at the over-70s, more than 90% of them have had their first shot. The point of the matter is that governments of West Australia, South Australia, the Northern Territory and, and Queensland, I believe, just only late last week, they actually decided that they would offer the Pfizer as well to the over-60s. I think in Western Australia, it comes in on September the 17th. You'll be able to get Pfizer there. But check in your in your states. But uh, it's interesting that we've got vast areas of Australia now where the over 60s can get the Pfizer. So there should really not be any reason why people don't get vaccinated. And of course, the thing is, if you look at what happened overseas in countries like Spain and Italy and the United Kingdom, and of course, we saw in America and even close to our shores in Indonesia, all the countries where it has actually got away and we saw it in India as well, where this disease gets away into an unvaccinated society, we see thousands, tens of thousands of deaths, hundreds of thousands of deaths. So I think it's crucial that people get vaccinated, absolutely crucial. You know, we are so blessed here to be able to live our lives, you know, with, with masks, obviously, and with high vaccination rates, and we've managed to keep it under control here as they have in Western Australia, Northern Territory and Queensland and Tasmania. Shouldn't forget Tasmania. I never want to leave that off the map. And I feel sorry for all those people that are in lockdown and have been in lockdown for so long. I'm fortunately talking to you from South Australia today, Macca. Ian Henschke, thanks very much. Anytime. It's lovely to talk to you. Ian Henschke, Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia. Reg is at uh, Wondai. Morning, Reg. Um, actually, I'm not at Wondai. I'm at Belogi, which is about 30 k's west of Wondai. Pelagi, all right, yep. And what's yeah. happening, mate? I'm uh, just ready to let my sheep out and watch the lambs race. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got... Yeah, they... Go on. Yeah, I've got sheep here and I have to lock them up at night because of the dingoes. And uh, every morning I let them out. They're that bad to get out of the place. They go everywhere. Well, they... Have you got a couple of yeah. dogs? You need those... Um, what are those dogs? Moranas or... Um, what are those dogs? Yeah. That... That protect the I, sheep. I, yeah, but what I did was I, um, the neighbour bought a dingo light, and it's like a light that turns on and off during the night, you know. Yeah. And what I did was uh, I got Christmas lights, and I got the ones that run, you know, from one end to the other, and it looks like someone running along the fence line, and that seems to keep them away. Wow. So, and how you've always had sheep, Reg? No, no. I, I, I've got a project, I don't know, 50 acres here and I only keep the sheep for a fire break around the house. I only only want about 10, but at the moment I've got 18. So I've got to get rid of eight later on. But uh, but the, we have a dingo problem here and uh, I find they haven't had a problem since I put these Christmas lights in. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas every day at Ridges. Every day is Christmas day. <laughs> yeah, it is every day. I, I rang you about 
few years ago, I'm, I'm the guy that built the stone house out here and, and um, I went fully solar and I spoke to you about it once. It's a long time ago, I suppose. I was painting the house that day. All right. And you're still fully solar? Yeah, still fully solar, yeah. I haven't paid electricity bill for that, but nearly 10 years now. Mine so. was nearly $1,000 for the last quarter. Cop that. A thousand. I no, couldn't. No. I nearly fell off the whatever I was on at the mo- at the time. I, I can't believe, yeah. you know, play. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, anyway, it's cost, it cost it's cost me two thousand seven hundred dollars to set it up, and then I haven't had a bill for ten years. So, well, that uh, to me, I'm working it out. That's something like uh, twenty seven dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, two hundred and seventy a year, which is yeah, which yeah, is pretty good. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, which is about forty so, bucks a quarter. Yes, that'll do me. Yeah. So um, I, I get a kick out of watching these lambs every morning. Though, is that funny? Yeah. Well, yeah. and the price of cattle and sheep at the moment's gone through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was butchering them and yeah. and and for, for the family and that and giving them the meat and that. But uh, I'm just I just sell them now. Sell them live. It's, and that's a look. I, I make more money out of it that way, anyway. So. Probably yes, and uh, Reg, you you're not been what you've just bought a place and decided to have a few lambs or what? Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm a retired builder, mm. and I built this place, and and uh, we had fires here, so I just thought, well, if I put some sheep on it, and sure, certainly it's it's like a golf course at the moment, but it's very dry, so yeah, there you go. Well, I'll know if I come out past Wandoi, Belogi, is that where you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll know you're drunk because the lights will be on. Do you, Christmas? Yes, every night. And neighbor, neighbours don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they, should, they, should, they should bring you presents. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> good on you, Reg. Nice to talk to you, mate. Okay, thanks a lot. See, See you later. Mate, bye. Greg's in Mackay. Good morning, Greg. Morning, Ian. How you going? Not too bad. That's the way. Yep. Tell me. Uh the roadworks is happening still in Mackay overnight. I rang you a few years ago to say, you know, when your town's going ahead, when you got roadworks road overnight. Night. That's yeah, Greg. Oh, Greg, I always wanted to come back and do a program in Mackay. How's things in Mackay? Yeah. Last time I was there, and I'm I'm not sure when that yeah. was. When was it, Kel? It must have been ten years ago. We were yes, we were in we a had... little hotel um, having some tea because we just got there late in the Arvo. We went to a pub and. And sat at the t- and the bloke who served us, young bloke, and he said, "Oh, he said I've just bought a place here for I oh, look, I don't know, let's say two hundred thousand dollars." And he said the price has dropped now; it's only worth hundred and fifty. They're not the right figures, but you get my drift. And that was I don't know when that was ten years ago. How's things in yeah, my now? Correct. Oh, not too bad, Ian. Uh, going along all right. Uh, we've just had uh, the NRL. Uh, semi-finals here oh, on Friday and Saturday night, so the place was a buzz with that. Oh, and then we've got we've, then we've got uh, the three one day in the nationals Australia v India, the women's cricket here commencing on uh, Tuesday. See, so uh, where would we be? You know, it's all very well. Where would we be without Perth and uh, Queensland? If you know what I mean, for holding these things and right, having yeah. crowds, we'd be up the proverbial creek, uh, Greg. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's uh, it's a sign of the times, isn't it? Uh, unfortunately, that imaginary line uh, when uh, Rowlands and uh, Roberts uh, defined the uh, Queensland border in 1863 of New South Wales, they probably didn't think of this, did they? You know? Yeah, exactly. 
that, that imaginary line that's uh, created uh, a few things in it. We've got family in northern New South Wales, uh, down in Bogabri, and uh, got a daughter in Brisbane. And the one in Brisbane's okay, but the, we haven't been able to see the the people up there on in the farm job down there at uh, Bogabri. Yeah. So it's been uh-huh. a bit unfortunate. Yeah, but me, no thing. me mate, yes, I went to get a pizza for tea last night. I I ate very well, and um, <laughs> I had a pizza for tea with a salad, and and the bloke who makes the pizzas, uh, the pizzas is Fred, and he's been yep. trying to go to Noosa on holidays for two years, and he's just yep. about, hey, Ian, Ian, when am I going to get to Noosa? Is she going to let me across the border? <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> I said, Freddie, mate, I don't know, I don't know, I haven't got a hotline. We'll just, you'll just have to wait your time. Yeah. And he said, and I tried to, I tried to book into Coffs Harbour, and I can't get in there. And he said, some place they wanted sixteen thousand dollars for seven days. He was going oh. off his head. I don't know. Yeah. It's a funny old so, time. Yeah, but Ian, yeah, I was uh, thinking on Friday. I was at the desk on Friday uh, when this announcement about uh, our deal with the submarines, you know, was yeah. announced, and uh, and I was just looking around at my table. What's made in China around me? And I had a steel ruler and a pen, even the the radio I'm listening to was made in China, and even uh, you know, uh, I just looked around. What's made in China? And geez, a lot of I've got a lot of stuff in my house that's made in China. Yeah, it's all made uh, in China. But I, but I found something's made in Australia from years ago. I found a Supreme rat trap. So that's made in Australia. You know, <laughs> in Greggy, <laughs> what's the roundabout stories in Mackay? You got roundabouts there? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah if people know how they're very good, if people know how to use them, that's the problem, you know. <laughs> people just don't know how to do it. But I mean, uh, Ian, you know, it's uh, we uh, lockdown has affected us in way of traveling and that, you know. Uh, but people visiting from New South Wales and Victoria's, you know, it's the, the wind with Sundays up the roads really yeah. feeling with uh, interstate travelers, but I bet. you know, it's unfortunately, but. You know, it doesn't affect me. I'm in the Tuesday club now, Ian, so it doesn't really worry me, you know. What's the Tuesday club, mate? Whatever, well, I just choose whatever I want to do every, any day, you know, because <laughs> being retired, so I'm in that now. Good on you. Good on I'm, you, Greg. I've got to fly. All right, Ian, all the best. See you, mate. Bye. Bye now. G'day, this is Macca. Yeah, g'day. G'day, mate. How you going, all right? Yeah, good. Who's that? It's Jamie. Yep. What are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, mate. mate, we're out in North India and we uh, we work in the gas plants. We're in the workshop here fixing all the, the stuff that the lads break out here. <laughs> You're busy, Jamie. Where are you from? Well, I'm I'm out of Brisbane, yeah. I'm north of Brisbane. That's, that's home for me. So we fly in fly out, eh? Uh-huh. And how long for? A couple of weeks? Or? Yeah, we do 19 on, 9 off. Wow. Yeah. Uh, ah, it's not so bad. And always out the gas fields? Yeah, yeah, all over the place myself. I, this is where I'm at at the moment. But yeah, all around Australia, where the work is, you know. And what do you do? What's your particular job, Jamie? Oh, I'm an auto electrician by trade, but we do a bit of everything. We do the aircon and, and service and, and a bit, bit of everything, you know. And out there on the gas fields, uh, things are booming, are they? Yeah, it seems to be good. There's a lot of work, yeah. So uh, it seems to be going all right, but, the, the, you know, the COVID's making it hard for a few fellas to get home and stuff like that, which is... You know, a bit painful. Yeah, but um, yeah, they got all the football and everything up there, so things are going all right in Queensland, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah, I can, we can't complain, but we've got guys here from Melbourne and stuff, and, and a lot of those guys can't get home to see their family and haven't had it for months, so 
they uh, they have to book house when they're on break and stay in town, you know. So yeah, it's it's not easy for some. No, but I, I suppose it's all relative. I don't know. We live in a different time now, but you know, I I always think about the blokes who went away to war in the First World War or the Second World War. Some were away for six years, you know, five years, and Captain Cook and Matthew Flinders they were gone for years and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, exactly right. Um, yeah, if it's only a month or two or three or four, um, sometimes it's been a year or two. I I know, but at least you can talk on the mobile and all that sort of stuff and do FaceTime. Oh, exactly right. You know, mm. you can FaceTime and do all that. So it, it it's pretty good and. You know, they give you all that out here. You, you've got good food and good bed and, you know, communications. Yeah. It, it works out, you know, and yeah. you don't have to be here, mate. You know, if you don't want to do it, you don't do it, you know. Exactly. All right. So that's paying the bills. Yeah, exactly, Jamie. Yeah, hi, Macker. It's Sandra calling from Monto in Queensland. How are you? Oh, good, thanks, uh, Sandra. Is your lovely hall still there in Monto? Yes, uh, I think it is. We're, this is our first time here, but we're volunteering oh. here for for a week. So um, we arrived a little. We arrived here um, volunteering with Rural Aid Australia. So we came in yesterday. Where um, some more volunteers will be coming in tomorrow and the next day. There'll be about thirty people here, and we're going to be doing a town project here. So um, following up on what they've already done a little bit more. Well, tell us, tell um, us, it, tell us about Rural Aid and what do you do? Where are you from? And what are you doing? What do you What's rural aid? So Tell Australia. Husband and I are from. We're from New South Wales, and we've been gone for six months. So we've done. Rural aid is an organisation based in Queensland, and it gives back to the farmers and communities in rural parts of Australia. So so far this year, we've done a town in. We've done Baraba. Uh, we have also done Warwick, and we've done some farm army in Mangalala. I tried to ring in Mangalala, but I got there was not much reception. And now we're in Monto for a week. So what they do, we come in to uh, sit in an oval with our caravans or tents for a week and give back to the community, and um, which is a lovely thing to do. Uh, the, the outback towns really need help. So, um, yeah, we all get our gear on and go out and help and we do painting, gardening, building, uh, fencing. Isn't that lovely? That's yeah, fa- it's really lovely. That's fantastic. And... And, and uh, well, everybody needs help. That's what I say. There's so much work to be done around Australia. You know, there should be something like rural aid volunteers just de rigueur, Sandra. I've always thought it's a bit like national service. And when you look around the world now, some sort of national service uh, involved in doing something, I don't know. But everybody should have to volunteer for at least a week, a, a year. Um, that's part of the deal. It's very humbling. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it, it makes no sense. But if, of course, the do-getters and pains in the next, they'd be, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, no, no. They'd be yeah. all, but when it just makes so much sense, so many jobs need to be do, done in rural, not only in rural Australia, in oh, the suburbs and cities of Australia, everywhere. And everybody should yeah, be look- doing some volunteer work, whatever nature it is. Absolutely. The farm that we just, we just were in Warwick, we're 30 k's out of a little, at a little town called Swanfells. And we worked for a farmer. He was a single farmer. He'd never, just by himself, he had 800 acres. So that was part of the Rural Aids Disaster Relief Program. And so each, there was three teams of, we had 20 people, three teams. And we went out and we all did fencing. And we were on some very steep terrain doing fencing. But look, this guy, we put him in front by about six months. So it's just lovely to give back to, to him that he can now have some more time to focus on what's more important. Well, what other jobs that he doesn't normally get to. Yeah. So when are you going really to get nice. home, Sandra? When are you going to get home? 
Oh, we don't plan on being home for a couple of years yet. So um, <laughs> we've been in Queensland for six months. Well, been gone for six months. Been in Queensland for just over five months now. Sandra, can and, can uh, you can you just tell me what's that like to be able to wander around and um, <laughs> get your hair done? Yeah, and get your, get your, Oh dear, um, it's lovely. <laughs> it really is. Um, we feel we feel very special that we can actually do it. Um, yeah, uh, we're hoping we can get into the NT or SA in a couple of months and then we'll do some more work down there. Oh, yeah, Sandra. but just to see the country. It's such a lovely country, such a beautiful country, and we're very, very privileged to be able to tow a van and, and see it and, yep. and and just travel and live the dream. Yeah, and you can and others can't, you know, like in Sydney and most parts of New South Wales are locked down and, and Melbourne, yeah. and, it's, and it's a great shame. And, uh, look, I don't know. I uh, I just think we should have, uh, certainly in New South Wales, we should have locked down straight away when this came in. Absolutely. Uh, but we just dropped the ball, just completely dropped the ball. And um, now we're reaping the benefit. And now, now they're paying for it. Yep. Yeah, and everybody, understandably, like me, we want to get out and do things. But the p- cost of that will be, um, even if you're 80% vaccinated, apparently, will be increased stress on our hospital workers and it's the yes. workers really it's not so much the hospitals it's the people who are working in there that are going to be well, last, copying it. Go on. well last year we were actually we got to we had three months away and we were in queensland and that's when COVID hit and we actually we were doing some more volunteering with rural aid we're in gainda which is not far from here from monto and we had to turn around and go home because um they didn't want to the stress that could have been on the on the hospital so um we turned around and went home again but now we're fortunate enough we got out this time and um, we can we can do some of that work, which is really good. Sandra, keep up the good work. Uh, more power to your arms and uh, legs and uh, maybe one day <laughs> there will be a, uh, a volunteer system in Australia for, for kids at school, especially in high school, whether, whether you're oh, absolutely. P- picking fruit or doing whatever, learning that, you know... There giving are, is good. Giving, exactly. Um, yeah, enough said. Sandra, great to talk yeah. to you. Thank you very much, Mecca. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.